0: So as you know, we are doing a series, past, present, and future. And last week I spoke about our past, and uh, there were a few points about that. Obviously the biggest thing about, for a Christian about the past is that we've been forgiven, right? Like Our past sins have been wiped away and washed away by the blood of Jesus. And we spoke a little bit about that, but at the same time, there's also... Um, We talked about living with the past, so sometimes we've come from a a past situation and there's circumstances that are attached to that, and what does that look like for us as believers? We sometimes wish that they'll just go away, and sometimes they do, but sometimes we live with those consequences, we live them in light of Jesus, who can redeem us from those situations and redeem any situation, actually. And then we spoke about living in the past, and that was probably my favorite one. We talked about believers who, <laughs> I a little bit naughty, but sometimes people have their heyday 20 years ago, and then they tell people that for the next 20 years about what happened 20 years ago, and it's like, that's fantastic, wow, that's amazing, but what is God doing today, and what did he do yesterday, and what is he going to do tomorrow in your life, and you know, those are different aspects of the past, but we don't want to stay in the past. Because we want to preach every week about the past, the past, this happened, that happened. As believers, we, we know that God has forgiven us of our past, and then he brings us into the present and our situation, our position in him in the present. And then we're going to talk about the future. And I know a lot of people were getting very excited about eschatology and the future, what it looks like. And we will get into that, I promise. Debbie was extremely excited about that. But we will do that after... Uh, we spend time with Andrew and the rest of the Hub next Sunday, okay? So not next Sunday, but a Sunday afterwards. We'll talk about what does it look like for believers in the future? You know, we're not just going to be wandering around as these ethereal beings and just like, oh, I believe there's work, there's work for believers to do, and things for us to do. New heavens and new earth, and we'll hopefully get into that, okay? And we won't be playing violins and harps. Sorry, Debbie, I know you're looking forward to that. <laughs> or maybe we will. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the present, but I want, to, I want to look at this concept of old and new. Okay, the concept of old and new, and you're probably already thinking what scripture is going to use. There's a lot of scriptures which talk about the old things and the new things, and you're not going to be surprised when I tell you what scripture I'm going to read. So let's read our first passage of scripture. It's quite a long one, but I want us to get context of why the certain passage is the one I'm going to preach from. Okay, so let's start reading. Therefore, since we know what it means to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is clear to God, and I hope it is clear to your conscience as well. We are not commending ourselves to you again. Instead, we are giving you an occasion to be proud of us, so that you can answer those who take pride in in appearance rather than in the heart. If we are out of our minds, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and who was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Although we once regarded Christ in this way, we know we do so no longer. And now the the famous, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you you know what that word means? Reconciliation, of reconciling people to God, which is why we're here as believers. Primarily. And if if you want to reconcile people to God, join Julian at the park run. On Saturday, it's a great opportunity to reconcile men to God. Okay, where was I? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's trespasses against him. And he, was, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we, as, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's wonderful to read large passages of Scripture, hey? Oh, it's so cool. Actually, you could just end it there. Just be like, take that. Take it home and just chew on that for the week. You get so much out of it. Uh, even just reading through that passage, uh, that, that one line stood out to me. Knowing, therefore... Oh, what is it, the, 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 New King, the Old King James calls it, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. It says, therefore, since we know what it means to fear the Lord. And I was listening to Hebrews this week and it talks about Moses when he went to the mountain in Sinai, it says he was petrified. He was terrified of God. And maybe that's another preach for another time, this thing of, what does it mean to fear God? Because he is fearful and awesome and all-powerful, and often I think we, we kind of make him a little bit less than he actually is. In Mount Sinai, even an animal touched the mountain, and it died. Anyway, that's another preach for another time, but this is an amazing passage of scripture, and we all know that verse 17, that we are a new creation in Christ. Behold, the old has passed away, and it's an incredible truth, and what Paul is saying, he's saying this. Samuel, come, come stand here with me. This is what he's saying in this passage. Don't, don't be don't be scared. What he's saying is, in light of Christ' dying, we no longer look at someone like Samuel just as a person in the flesh. Now there's a spiritual dynamic to this man's life, and that can look two ways. Either he is in Christ, and we regard him as such, or he's outside of Christ. Now if he's in Christ, it means that, get this, get this. The Holy Spirit dwells within this man, and he is a temple of the living God. Romans 8-11 says that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in Samuel. So does that change the way you look at him? It should. He's not just a man. He, he's his supernatural. The living God dwells inside of him. hey, that's amazing. You should be amped really. yeah, <laughs> <it's> for <beautiful. laughs> Yeah, you should, because yeah. that's your new identity. And so he's in Christ, so he feels this, wow, that's amazing. I'm in Christ. But if he's not in Christ, it says that the Spirit of God compels us to tell people about Christ and reconcile them to him because they're not just people. They're not just a bag of bones that you bury in the ground one day and then they're gone. No, there's a spiritual consequence now because of what Christ did on the cross. So thank you, Jesus, that you saved this man and that he dwells inside of him. You can sit down. (laughs) Thanks, brother. Yeah, amazing, yeah. (laughs) That's an it's an incredible passage of scripture. And it goes for everyone sitting in this place. If you know Christ, he dwells inside of you. And we no longer regard you according to the flesh. You're no longer just Blake, a body. You Blake who's indwelt by the Spirit of the living God. It goes for, we get get together as a church, regard each other in such a way. It changes the dynamic of church, man. It's like I'm getting together with people who are indwelt by the Spirit of God. What is going to happen this Sunday? I don't know. I'm totally off my notes now, but it's awesome. (laughs) No, okay, I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to pull it back. Okay, Samuel, I hope you feel encouraged by that. But that goes for every single... I could have called any one of you guys up. Anyone at the back or the front. Same applies to you if you know Christ. And then secondly, when we read this passage, I want to focus on this passage. It says, therefore, right? So it goes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And now we know that in Scripture, if there's a therefore at the beginning of a sentence, we need to ask what it is (laughs) therefore. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> if you've been around church circles for more than a year, you've heard that. Okay, anyway. But we look at verse 17, and we look at it in light of what is said in verse 14 to 16. And what Paul is telling us is that we have died in Christ, and we no longer live for ourselves. Right, so we've been, we've been ransomed and, and rescued and saved, but we're not just ransomed rescued and saved for ourselves to live our own. We're rescued so that we no longer live for ourselves, but live for Him and live for Christ, that we do the work that he's asked us to do to reconcile people to God. And our lives are no longer worldly, but they are spiritual. As we said, there's a spiritual dynamic to our lives. And so we've died, right? We've died with Christ in a spiritual sense, and he's nailed all our sins to the cross, and we've been buried with him and raised again. And then there's this amazing thing in Scripture called walking in newness of life. How is that for a a saying out of Scripture? Do you know that when you are baptized and buried with Christ, you are raised to walk in newness of life? That sounds cool. I'm preaching myself happy, man. I'm like (laughs) amped. (laughs) You guys are looking at me going like, hey, okay, I'm amped, bro. Come on. And this is Romans 6.4. It says... We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. That's why baptism is such a a vital symbol of being buried with Christ into his death. We're not just buried into his death, we are raised into life. It says, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. But why? In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Baptism is the best. I love it. Because you see someone who's saved and then they're they're buried and their past is buried and they're brought up in this newness of life and new creation, which is incredible. And so the good news is we are all new creations, right? That's what Scripture tells us. And as new creations, we have died to our old ways, right? And and that means in in the present, we have died to the past and we are brought to spiritual life. In our position in Christ, we are brought alive or brought to life and newness of life in Christ. That is our present reality. Our present reality is that we were, the new birth has taken place once and for all. You are born again when you receive Christ. You are born again. Full stop. But, and we spoke about but last week, right? It's a conjunction. Uh, Vanessa wasn't here. I was quite proud of that. I didn't know that. I did pass English in my trick somehow. I don't know how I did that anyway. <laughs> so we, there's a new birth that takes place once and for all. And then there's this new character that is, in, that is being formed inside of us. Right? There's this process of this new character that is being born in believers. And it's this thing of taking off the old and putting on the new. I'm going to tell you where that goes in Scripture, but it's a continual renewal from this this past and then being born again and in this present of taking things off and putting on the new characteristics that God has given us through His Spirit as we walk in obedience. And so Colossians 3.9 says this, it says, Do not lie to one another, since you have taken off the old self and its practices, and have put on... The new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator. Here there is no Greek, no Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, okay. But all are in Christ and Christ is in all. Or Ephesians 4.22. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is the likeness of God, which, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And Colossians 3, I'm going to hit this real hard now. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, the components of your earthly nature. One more. Colossians 3:9, and we actually said it already. Do not lie to one another since you have taken off the old self and its practices. And so we get this language of the old self is we take it off, we lay aside, we clothe ourselves right with the new, we put to death. And all of these are actions. It requires something from us to do that. As much as we've been saved and we've been made new spiritually, there's still something of this old nature that we need to take off in order to put on the nature of Christ, which is what we want. Do we all agree? Yeah. (laughs) Semi-convinced. Let me illustrate this point. Let me illustrate this point. Look at my shoes. No, they're cool. (laughs) Look at my shoes. Are these shoes new or old? Like, you probably walked in here for the first time going, man, this pastor needs to get some new shoes. Like, he's struggling. These shoes are old, okay? Do we all agree? (laughs) Some of you are like, no, your shoes are quite cool. I don't know. Like, things have changed. Like, now you buy second-hand clothes all the time. That's, like, the thing to do. Like, anyway. Okay, so, so this is the illustration. These are the old, the old nature represented by these shoes, which are old. What I'm going to do is this. See, the action required is that I take it off. Okay, now what do I do? Aha. <laughs> See, I put on the new, <laughs> right? I put on the new, but it takes. It matches my outfit better. I oh, no, it does. Everything matches better. It just works, like the blue and the blue and the. I mean, so what I do? I put my feet in. Ah, oh. ah, oh, the new. <laughs> And so that's what we do. There's something that we need to do as well. And A.W. Tozer says this. I'm keeping these near for a reason. You'll see why. He says, for the gospel is too often preached and accepted without power. And the radical shift that the truth demands is never made. Think about that. Tozer was an incredible man of God. And he says this again. I'll read it again. He says, for the gospel is too often preached and accepted without power, which means that there's this gospel that is just this, you're cool, it's fine, don't worry, it's fine, don't worry, just just accept Jesus and everything will be fine, and there's no power, and I preached about that a few weeks ago, just words, eloquent words that make you feel good, and there's no power, and Paul says, I didn't come with wise words of wisdom, I came with demonstrations of power. And that's what we we want, right? We want to see a supernatural God, not just a nice God. He's so nice. It's like it's it's what happens in Narnia. It's like they take a lion and they tame it. It's a lion. Let a lion do what a lion's going to do. Okay. I told you I was going to get passionate, right? Okay, you're with me. Okay. And so this process of renewal is incremental, and for some believers, it's quick. Sometimes we can get over stuff quite quickly, and for other times, it takes a long time. Like, there's different processes for everyone. It's not like a, you know, some believers, they, they're born again one day, they've radically changed the next day, and for other people, it's incremental. It takes time. It's God's working stuff out of you. Often, it's the big stuff first. For me, when I got saved, it was the big stuff, the obvious stuff. Don't, do, don't stop going to clubs and doing stuff. Okay. Okay. Now I've been a Christian for a long time, it's like, it's the smaller stuff. Hey, Dylan, how's your heart today? No, it's not good, Lord. Okay, I need to change that. Okay, Amen. I will. And so we put off these things and put on the new. Like, what are these things that I'm talking about that are the old things that we put off? Well, Scripture tells us tells us how uh, the components of our earthly nature are sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 also tells us a lot of stuff about idolatry, adultery, thieving, stealing, greed, drunkenness, swindlers. It says these people, in fact that language is so strong, it says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God.
1: But, then it says,
0: such were some of you. That's who you were. Who, who, uh, no, I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> it's like going, who here has got a past? I mean, we've all got a past. Except Wayne Turner, he was basically born perfect. Anyway. <laughs> I literally think Wayne was born a Christian. this is like, what the heck? For anyway. Yeah, that's amazing, because he actually, he skipped out a whole lot of putting off actually, which is cool, but if, you, if I asked around the room, I said, who here is still putting stuff off of our old nature, and most of us would say, yes, yeah, we all are, just because I'm holding the mic doesn't mean I'm perfect, don't put that standard on anyone, no, we're all constantly growing more to be more like Christ until that day we reach him, and then we'll see all, we only see him part at this point. And so we not only take off these old shoes, but we put on the new characteristics of Christ's nature, which are these amazing things, which Colossians 3.12 says. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience bear with one another and forgive any complaint you may have against someone else. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which is the bond of perfect unity, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. For to this you were called as members of one body, and be thankful. That is an amazing passage of Scripture. And let me just say this. It doesn't mean that you will never sin again. Putting, put, being born again and putting on the new change doesn't mean you'll never sin again, but it means that you are not a slave to sin. Because as we learned last year, last, last, year, last week, in our old nature, we were slaves to our nature. We were, it says we were by nature, which is intrinsically our nature, children of wrath. By nature. And that was our nature, but now God gives us a new nature. And then we're no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. Slaves to Christ. It's amazing. I'd much rather be a slave to Christ and righteousness than a slave to sin and death. Ew. It's not even a, really a conversation, that one. <laughs> so we are we're bought with a price and we're free. But let me say this. As much as it means we will we'll probably, hopefully we don't sin, but we sometimes do fall into sin, but, but it also doesn't mean that we will never be tempted. Because how often are we tempted by sin? We're all tempted at some point. See the problem with 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 temptation and the old shoes and the old nature. What's the problem with old shoes? You're they're comfortable, eh? Huh? In fact, there's a saying I did not know this. As comfortable—that's <laughs> just a stupid saying. The saying is as comfortable as old shoes. Is that a real saying? Oh, it seems a bit lame, but um, it's so comfortable. Ah, because I've worn these for like five years and they've been in a bit of salt water. They just feel good. But
1: well, the problem is they're old shoes.
0: And so, look if you look at my feet, there's something wrong here. I've got a na- one, one side of the nature there and the other side of the nature there. And that's not the way it should be, right? And so, there is a struggle. But actually, what we need to do with the old nature is go, how's it, Brew? Get rid of it as far as you can. Don't don't let yourself be tempted by it and go like, I'm just going to keep it a little bit close because then if I'm feeling a little bit down and need some comfort, well, I know where to get comfort. And the enemy will tell you exactly where to get comfort. You don't think he knows all the points to push in your life. I'm feeling a little bit low today. Why don't you just go back to those old shoes? Ah, no. Throw them as far away as
1: possible. Because
0: you are a new creation. Old shoes don't offer you support. Old shoes eventually just actually hurt your feet. They give you things like bunions. Terrible word. (laughs) I really hate that word. Plant like planters, warts. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a whole list of stuff here. Ingrown toenails. Let these be an illustration of what sin is in your life sometimes. Stress back stress fractures. I not even say that. And shin splints. That's what old shoes and old comforts will give you. No, run to the new nature where he, he, he brings health and life and wellness and joy. Athlete's foot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's been to school knows all about athlete's foot. I mean, yes, (laughs) bruh. So get rid of the old nature. Put it off once and for all. Take it off and leave it and get rid of it. Chuck it. Put on the new nature because you are a new creation in Christ. Behold, the old is gone. And when you saw Samuel standing here, when I was telling him who he is in Christ, did you see how his countenance changed from being like a bit like, ah, a bit awkward in front to going, ah. Yo, okay, wait. This is who I am. I'm a, new, I'm a new creation. The spirit of the living God dwells inside of me. So, as a new creation, you have a new beginning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have a new relationship. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have a relationship with Christ.
1: You have a new identity
0: to everyone in the front row, to the back row, to every row. If you're a believer in Christ, you have a new identity. It says this of you. It says you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. To to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you receive mercy. Once all of us were not God's people, but now we are. You have a new position. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In a spiritual sense, you are
1: seated in heavenly realms.
0: You have new power. Do you know that? I remember when I was young, often guys, I was in a youth group, and a guy came to to youth one night, and he was like, if I receive the Holy Spirit, it's like I'll have a superpower. I was like, yeah, kind of, but I mean, it made sense to him, right? But this is what Scripture says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And then lastly, you will have new purpose. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Purpose. Each one of you has a purpose and a part to play in the kingdom of God and and moving it forward.
1: It is exciting, (laughs) hopefully.
0: And so that is, that is where we are currently. If you're a believer, that is where you are situated currently. You're a new creation. The old is gone. You have got rid of the things from the past, and we are walking into the purposes and the plans that God has for each and every one of us. And we, we leave behind our sin knowing that it's forgiven, and we walk in the new power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. Like, I hope, I, I hope you all leave here tonight with your chest a little bit out, going like, man, there's something, there's something different here. Like, I'm not just Marco. I'm not just a body. No, the Christ, because of Christ's death, I've changed. There's something inside of me that now is, uh, man, you're, ah, uh, how do you say, you, uh, I want to say you're dangerous, <laughs> but in a good way. Like, you're a force for good. And not because of anything you've done, but because of who Christ is inside of you. You can walk out of here, Samuel, you can walk out of here, and you can change someone's eternal destiny tomorrow. You can introduce them to Christ, and that person's eternal destiny will be changed. <laughs> that, is, that is so crazy. I'm sorry. I mean, that, that is the responsibility he's given to us. We, he's going, I've given you the, the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, be my ambassadors for Christ. Go out and save people from an eternity in hell and give them an eternity in heaven, and I've told you, Tyrese, that you can do it. And you don't, need, you don't need to study a theology degree, you don't need anything, you just need Jesus, because he said he'll give you the words to say when you need to say them. So you just walk up in faith and go, have Isaac, to Isaac. Hey man, my name's Dylan. How's it? Can I just tell you, Jesus loves you. Okay. Do you want to accept Him as your savior? Do you know that you've sinned against Him? I want. To, can I just can I lead you in a prayer because I really feel that Jesus wants to save you? And if that person accepts Christ, Isaac has led someone to Christ, and not for his own gain, but to win more souls to Christ. So go to the park walk with Far uh, Cry. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wrap up now. And maybe, maybe, there's two responses tonight. Maybe you've come here tonight and you're a believer and maybe you've been born again, you've put on the new self, you are busy putting it on, but maybe at some point you've kind of taken off the shoe and you've put on the old shoe again and you've gone back to the comfortable ways that you once lived in. And we all do it, right? And it's so quick and we can so quickly fall back into old habits. Let's call them for what it is, old habits or old sins.
1: And none of us
0: are immune to it. This is not a name and shame thing. None of us are immune to it. We all do it. But why don't we put off the sin that so easily ensnares and run the race that Christ has set before us? I'd rather run the race in nice new running shoes than running them in his old, broken up, horrible... I want to use the Afrikaans word. I'm not going to because I don't know if it's very PC. Tired, yeah, tired shoes. Much, <laughs> 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 that's a good word, yeah. And my, my advice is this to you, if you feel like you have, maybe you've fallen into something or a sin or a habit that is from the past that is not part of your new nature and you've, you've accepted something again of the old sin nature, is to take that thing off tonight. Put on the new shoes and run the race. Because this is what Scripture says, and I love this. You know, often with sin, people go like, oh, you know, I've just got to be better. I've got to be better. I mean, we, we put ourselves back under the law in some way, and we go like, oh, I've got to just beat myself more. I've got to live up to this impossible standard that Christ has already delivered me from. And this is what Scripture says. It says, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in the present age. What has done that? What enables you to walk that?
1: Beating yourself up or the grace of God?
0: The grace of God teaches you to say no. Because the grace of God says, why would you even do that in light of what I've done? You, just, you look at the cross and you go, I can't sin. I can't look at the cross. I can't. Jesus, thank you for the price you paid. I can't do that. Thank you for your grace. And so if that is you, his grace is here for you tonight. Take full advantage of it. Don't abuse it. <laughs> but take advantage of it. Repent and turn. He's so faithful. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yes, He is so good. <laughs> we were talking at Common Wednesday and there's that scripture that says, His mercies are new every morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's almost like, What?